This is the Life Origami Podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we will be reading to you from our book, The Lost Guru. Uncover the mental habits that prevent you from fully inhabiting your life and accessing your intrinsic wisdom. We'll read a portion of the book. Amethyst and I will have a conversation about it, and then we'll put them out three times a week until the book's complete. Enjoy the show. Welcome to chapter one of The Lost Guru. The heading for this chapter is you can tap into the inherent wisdom of your lost guru. You have an act of witness to your life. Meet your lost guru. What if you are the lost guru? That's right. Believe it or not, we think that you are your own best teacher, guide, and guru. You have access and can tap into the wisdom that you have accumulated over your lifetime. You are also the only one who can tap into the context of this inner guru and use it to guide yourself through life. Some of us believe we don't have enough knowledge, skills, or ability to meet life's challenges on our own. Perhaps you felt this way at times. We want you to know that you don't need anyone to fix you because you are not broken. By making a simple adjustment to learn how you learn, you can reconnect with your lost guru. We like to think of it as the act of witness to your entire life. Through learning to access your act of witness, Your ability to adapt and learn will quickly accelerate. Even though at times in your life you might have felt lost, anxious, confused, or frustrated, you have never been lost. At times you may have felt disoriented and bewildered by the rapid pace of change. Perhaps you have even felt baffled and humbled by life. This can happen to anyone at any time and is a normal reaction when we hit speed bumps in life. What is not normal is staying stuck, feeling beaten, broken, confused, or battered. We have good news. When you were born, your act of witness began recording everything. Learning to access its context is the key that opens the treasure chest that is your life experience. Think about that. If that is true, you owe it to yourself to keep listening or reading this book. There is a part of you which came into conscious realization from the moment you were conceived. This presence has always been an active witness to the experiences in your life. It has been present from the moment you were conceived. While in the womb taking form, Your consciousness was simply being present with the physical. Your non-physical consciousness was harmonizing with your growing, mortal, developing physical presence. At the moment of birth, you were immediately thrust into your physical plane of existence. While the birthing experience felt physically traumatic, your conscious presence also experienced a sense of separation. 
Your body experienced a physical separation from your mother. However, despite this feeling of separation, we do not believe that you were ever separated from your non-physical presence, i.e. consciousness. Since the moment of your birth, you have been on a continuous quest of sorting, exploring, reconciling, and seeking to make sense of this separation experience. What you need to understand is this experience of birth feels like separation, but only on the physical level. At the level of non-physical consciousness, no separation ever actually occurred and never will. Even when your physical body is no longer animate, the non-physical presence your consciousness is undisturbed. We believe it existed before you were conceived and will continue forward after your animate tether disconnects in the physical plane called your body. When you are born, an animation begins and you become lively and engaged. Literally, what happens at conception is cells divide and your body takes shape, heart and mind. And then, poof, you're born. You're thrust into the reality from the womb, and then we go, wow! <laughs> it is possible to resolve this sense of separation and gain a powerful, congruent experience of life. It will assist you in moving forward confidently and congruently in the present, in the here and now. You can reconnect with your active witness. We invite you to think of it as your lost guru rediscovered. As you get it reacquainted, you'll experience a rapid connection with the fullness and wisdom of your life. Gradu gradually, you will become familiar and explore a relationship with your lost guru. You will begin to experience a new frame of reference. What was once confusing or obscure will very quickly morph into a very tangible bird's eye view of your life. Past problems, puzzles, and the mysteries that disturbed and befuddled you are now of little importance. Where once doubt, fear, and anxiety ruled the day, a new tangible sense of selfhood becomes accessible. As you embrace this new awareness, you will begin to perceive your life in a more complete context. This fullness of seeing yourself will transmute the obscure, vague, and opaque aspects of your life into striking clarity. Those aspects will be resolved so you can get on with fully inhabiting your life. This will present you with numerous opportunities to tap into the power of non-physical conscious insights inspiration and perspectives describing your active witness aka lost guru the active witness knows how you feel about certain things this occurs because it has been actively present observing every aspect of your life even as you naturally attempt to control your life or deal with the influence of other people's points of view the active witness knows how you feel about certain things, even though you might feel confused. 
for the most part, you have been absorbing the opinions, beliefs, and values of others your entire life. These adopted views and beliefs become embedded into your subconscious. They may or may not be beneficial to you. The act of witness is the antidote to the programmed subconscious automatic reactions which have been accumulating and shaping your life. You know these influences from others have been coming at you all throughout your life. Other people will always exert a certain amount of influence over us. You can gain control over these influences by le learning how to tap into the wisdom of your active witness. As a result, you can escape repeating the painful experiences of the past. When you are under the subconscious influence of others, you end up chasing other people's ideals, dreams, and rainbows. So this active witness knows deep down who you are and what you really want. To get closer to this reality, you will need to understand what stops you from connecting with this active witness, your lost guru. What stops you is that you don't know what you really want. Which will be the subject of the next podcast and reading of the book. Stay tuned. Author Commentary So the one thing we want to discuss from what we just read to you, and it actually is a very important topic, and it became very important in our relationship as when you and I met, got reacquainted many years later, we had a lot, a lot of conversation around feeling broken. And, that, and in the book, there's one sentence, I'm going to read it to you now. We want you to know that you don't need anyone to fix you because you are not broken. And, you know, so out of everything we said, that's what we really want to draw your attention to, that no matter what you might be experiencing in your life, no matter how well you think you've got your life arranged or how broken you might feel, you're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. See, from my perspective, after all these years of experiencing loss and feeling broken not and feeling like I'm not enough, I've realized that I only, I don't, I'm really not broken. It's only something I need, something that needs adjustment in my life or I need to learn something or I need to let go of something. That's Greg's perspective. Now, Amethyst, what say you? <laughs> well, I always have a story to go with with uh, yeah. what I have to say. Oh, see if I end up with the story before you finished. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Make notes then. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I was thinking about the first time I heard this concept of you are not broken. I was driving on my way to a counselor's meeting. I had an appointment and I was going to see her because I was grieving the loss of my niece who had passed away. And I was listening to this song on the radio on my way there. And it was about Jesus doesn't point fingers at the broken. And I really liked that for some reason. Um, you know, I went to talk to my counselor and she says, 
well, excuse me, I don't like that song at all because I don't believe you're, you're not broken. Nobody's broken. And she explained that we all have common human emotions. We all experience different um, situations and circumstances, but we all experience the same type of emotions. We all can identify with sadness. And that doesn't mean we're bad or wrong for being part of the human race. Um, and what I had been experiencing that made me feel so broken at the time was I was experiencing a lot of family shooting on me. And what I mean by that is um, when my niece passed away, there was all these belief systems that they were um, judging one another with. And they said to me that it was too early to celebrate Christmas and birthdays and stuff like that after two years um, because it was huh. disrespectful to the memory of my niece. And also because the family used to get together all the time for these celebrations, that it was somehow unsympathetic to celebrate Christmas or any kind of celebration if the others are still grieving. And it's like they wouldn't, they were holding me back and they wouldn't let me move forward at my own uh, rate. And the thing is, is that it's okay to heal at my own rate because um, we all go through processes differently um, because we all think differently and we have different belief systems and we're just different people. And so, of course, we're going to go through the process differently. And so one cannot say... Um, irrelevant things because they don't know they haven't they don't have to live your life for you 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 live your own life and um what may be okay for one person won't work for another <laughs> so what i learned was in the past um with ex with experiences of death um was in order for me to recuperate this loss was i needed to slow down and do three things so my three things were different than maybe what yours would be, Greg. But mine was self-care was number one. I had to take right. care of myself, and that entails a lot of stuff, self-care. Number two <laughs> was my important relationships. Right. And number three was my other. So I didn't have four and five and six different things. I was just taking on one thing at a time and keeping things simple. Mm. But what... I did, and what I do is I listen to my own inner voice and heart and pay little attention to others and all their judgments and pronunciations and pronunciations and pronouncements. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, that, what, what, what Amy's talking about there, she's listening to herself, she's listening to her active witness. Right. And I was mentioning that I wasn't paying attention to the blame, shame, guilting um, and the should showers that I was <laughs> should showers. I didn't say the other word. Ooh, should showers like that. Irrelevant to my life experience and who I was. So I was, I was listening to, uh, my active witness. And in order to, f I learned in that, I learned that in order to feel good about myself, I need to be able to give myself permission to move on. And in order to do that, it's like this little circle. In order to give myself permission to move on, I have to feel good about myself. Right. So it's um, it's about 
for me, paying attention to the sense of separation I felt from myself as I was grieving the loss of my niece. That's what I needed to pay attention to and to the lessons I had learned through experiences in my life in the past and how I healed. Because one thing I know for sure is that broken doesn't mean I failed. And that's what I hear when somebody says you're broken or need to be fixed. That means I hear the word failure, that they're trying to say that. I feel that I just need to solve the dilemma or the gap by listening to myself. Well, right on. I mean, there's a lot to that. I appreciate you sharing that. But, you know, the thing that the thing that's interesting to me is, like I said earlier, I said, you know, when I'm feel when I went through when I'm feeling broken, when I'm feeling that sense of loss or that sense of disconnect is just that something needs attention. Something needs to be adjusted. There's something I need to learn or there's something I need to let go of, you know, to release. But, you know, it's interesting. You talk about, you know, your experience with uh, dealing with loss with your niece. I think about my first experience with loss really was my father when he was 19. Even though my grandfather had died earlier, they didn't think I was old enough to be able to go to the funeral. But anyways, when my father died when I was 19, at the reception afterwards, it was amazing how people showed up. You know, there were so many people came by the house to visit. They brought food. There were some people who were in tears, some people that smiled and tried to pretend like nothing happened. And then there were people that didn't say nothing, just gave you a hug. Everybody showed up differently. Uh, and they all they all were, were being different. Well, it was kind of overwhelming for me. And so I'm 19. I'm kind of tearful. I'm grieving a lot. My aunt pulls me aside and says, Greg, you need to suck it up. You need to be there for your mother. You're the man of the house now, et cetera, et cetera. And I shut down. I stuffed it all away. I tried to ignore it because I was feeling, I was feeling ashamed for having these emotions. Well, guess what? It's normal to grieve. It's normal to feel disconnected when you when we experience loss. Loss is okay. And it wasn't that there was anything wrong with me, even though she made me feel like there was something wrong with me showing emotion. And yeah, of course I had to be there for my mother, but people need to be there, need to be there for me too, because after all, I lost my father. So again, it wasn't that I was broken. It's just that I needed to make some adjustments about what was going on in my life. Obviously, I needed to learn something about grieving, about coming to a place of acceptance of the loss, and I had to let go. I had to relax. Um, something I was thinking about while you were talking about the mm. um, the situation with my niece. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very traumatic how she right. passed away. That's true. And not only were we grieving, but we were all traumatized. Right. And we actually all went to victim services um, hmm. because there was a fair amount of PTSD that resulted from um, the whole situation because it triggered things, right? Yep. So anyway, emotions were high amongst everybody. Yep. And everybody was trying to cope in their own way. It's true. And some people are able to release um, 
the hurt and the anger and the feelings and the sadness at different rates than other people. And it's right. got to do with um, how quickly you can come to terms with things. Correct. And that involves being a, an inner connection. Right. Exactly right. Because people are going to, there's all kinds of social stigma and rules and expectations around people being sick, people dying, about uh, how you act in certain social situations. There's tons of rules, tons of expectations, tons of projections, blame, shame, judgment, and guilt that gets heaped on us throughout the course of our life. What's important is what you think. What's important is how you choose to react or respond not because other people expect it of you, but because you expect it of you, that you have something you want to experience, that there's a part of you who deserves to fully inhabit the life that you choose, whatever that might be. You don't have to allow other people's projections that you're not enough, that you're broken, or that you should, the should shower. I love that. So don't <laughs> just shed the should shower, put your raincoat on and move on with life. So if you have any feedback for us, suggestions, uh, you'd like to have a conversation and have us dive into any particular topic uh, as we're reading the book, please let us know. And by the way, the book is now official. It's out on Amazon. You can buy it. Uh, you can search for The Lost Guru on Amazon and it'll come up. Uh, you can get a Kindle version or you can get a paperback version. All right. We'll see you in the next show. Thanks for listening.